0: And throughout each one of these episodes, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less, it makes you more. Hey lady, welcome back. Last week we talked about trauma and it was heavy and there's a lot of moving pieces to that and I was really self-conscious about the episode thinking, Maybe it was me just babbling, which often you guys know that's like my MO here. Uh, but I had some really, really wonderful conversations that this brought up with other women that were really self-conscious about their what they struggled with and feeling that they weren't worthy of struggling, carrying this, bearing this and feeling all of this that they were feeling and how... As collectively we start to work through this and we talk about it more and more, it becomes more apparent and more open into our hearts and our minds and we can work to heal and to be better, which I think is what we're all here to do, to be heal, to heal and to be better. And I really can't think of anything better to introduce my guest today than working on healing and working on being better. Uh, Actually, my guest today, Lisa Price, is choosing to be better and not bitter. And guess what? Lisa has every freaking right to not choose any of that. Um, Lisa's going to talk today about losing her daughter, Ari, and the heartache and the pain and the devastation that (laughs) losing a child is. Lisa says so many times in this episode and catch it and listen to it and sit with it when she does. Her experience in grief is a gift. It just, it blows my mind to even say that. And it blows my mind every time I hear her saying that because the work and the level that she has done to step into that, not only to share that with us, but to share this gift that Ari brought to her with her community of how she helps other bereaved moms, it's so inspiring and it's so powerfully beautiful and breaks my heart at the same time. Episodes like this, today's episode are reasons why listening to last week's episode on trauma is so damn important. Because this is exactly the space when I was sitting in when I was listening to Lisa, share Ari's story and share the story of her husband and her son and the pain and just things that I can't even imagine happening. I can go instantly, well, yeah, why should I feel bad or sad for myself because i didn't I don't know what that's like. that's real trauma that's a real bad or sad experience. But when we do that, when we, again, when we diminish or compare our experience to somebody else's lives, we can't have empathy. So I, I can give a lot more empathy to Lisa, even though I'm pouring it out, because she just is honor, honestly sharing her experience and her story. So I want you to remember that when you're listening to this, and I want you most of all to take away the piece that Lisa repeats over and over and over again. You can choose to be better and not bitter. It is not an easy choice and it is not one that comes overnight. But if somebody who has experienced something as painful and devastating as Lisa has and she can work through that, there is hope for you. And please do not think that I am saying that you should just be past whatever you're feeling. You should be pushed through it. You should do it at your own time. But do it. Do it. Lisa speaks so beautifully to this. So open up, sit back and listen and absorb the words. And most of all, soak in the light and the love and the honor and the messages that Lisa is sharing of Ari's. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so excited to be joined by my guest today. Welcome, Lisa.
1: Thank you very much, Meg.
0: Yeah. Why don't, Lisa, you go ahead and tell the listeners who you are. Who are they hearing today?
1: All right. Um, Well, my name is Lisa Price, and I am first and foremost uh, wife to my husband, Brandon. Um, It'll be nine years this year that we've been married. Um, in August, and I'm also um, the mother to our son, who is seven, and his name is Chase, and um, our daughter, Ari, who passed away in um, 2017, um, just shy of 10 hours old, um, from a chromosomal disorder, and um, ever since her death, um, it's just obviously changed um, the trajectory of our lives, and I am still a dance teacher, but I am also a grief wellness mentor for bereaved parents.
0: Anytime I grew up um, in being very familiar with grief, my parents Mm -hmm. lost two babies before I and my brother were born. And so I just always feel this connection with people that have, not that I experience it by any means in the same way, but just... There's something about that that draws into me um, and that just speaks to me. And I know that it speaks to so many because, as I know you will expand on so much more, grief is just so much more than a one size fits all or than what people think necessarily grief should look like. Right. Um, how was that transition of dealing with your grief of such a devastation um, into helping and transitioning others?
1: Well, I, I think from the beginning I had this pull on my heartstrings, so we were, we were diagnosed pretty early on at 13 weeks. So, um, ever since then, it was that anticipatory grief of not knowing if she was going to live or not. Um, and carrying the weight of that and going through the, you know, emotional roller coaster that, um, grief definitely is, um, as you said, not one-size-fits-all by any means even the same people grieving over the same person it's not the same Um, I just felt very called to do obviously something with our loss Um, and in fact um, one of the sonographers during an ultrasound had said because she lost her daughter to a very similar chromosomal disorder and she bravely opened up and shared her story. And I just thought that that was powerful in itself. But she said, your, your daughter and what's happening to her, obviously, we didn't know if she was going to live or die. But she said, this journey can either make you better or bitter. And you get to choose. So that had stuck with me for, like, obviously, since the the words left her mouth. And that has been my purpose ever since is, yes, I feel bitterness. Yes, I am angry. Yes, I do get overwhelmed by all these emotions, but I ultimately have the choice and the beautiful responsibility to do something with this pain instead of just self-suffering and letting it be what it is. Um, and so knowing that I felt that way and, you know, was very overwhelmed by all the emotions. I knew I wasn't alone in that respect, obviously, from anyone grieving anything. But my heart was really called to obviously bereaved parents, especially after Ari died. I'm like, okay, I'm doing something with this. And that has been my my mission ever since. I did I obviously did not know what it looked like. You know, looking back three years ago, I would not have thought that this is exactly what I would be doing. But um it's it's all, she's my why obviously. And so are all the other children that have gone, um, before their parents. And, um, I just wanted to help. I just wanted to serve. I just wanted to help because I didn't want people to feel alone in this because grief is so isolating since it is not the same for any two individuals.
0: Any time I can hear somebody who has gone through such loss and such deep, deep sadness, Mm -hmm. it blows my mind at how strong you are to say, like, I had a choice to be better or to be bitter. I I just, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. And I think it's hard for so many to understand. I mean, that's something we'll never understand and I just appreciate that so deeply. And I just hope that people really hear that message, that even in the worst, worst space of your life, like you picked yourself up and chose that. And I just, it's so admirable. I I, I can't say that enough, truly, truly. Thank you. I'm and then to
1: help it. others. <laughs> and it, I mean, it is a, it's a gift. For for me to be able to share my daughter and for me to be able to help other people, that, that is a gift for me. That keeps my daughter's, well, I'd like to say roar because her name means Lion of God. So that keeps her roar going. She she changed so, so many people's lives without even me even knowing um, of people that, you know, we were connected to. And, you know, I'll hear further down the line just, um, you know because you chose to carry i you know did something else and and it's just amazing to me how some someone's life that was not even 10 hours old um obviously affected our life but can continue to um impact other people's lives and she doesn't have a voice anymore so i have to i choose (laughs) to be her voice um And it's a gift. It literally is a gift to be able to honor her in this way by helping others.
0: How do you start to get to a space where you can say those words? Like, uh,
1: what work did you
0: have to do? Are you still then continuing to do? Yeah,
1: still doing, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me personally, it was understanding that I was I was given her for a reason, and and knowing that if I did nothing with it not that it would be a waste but that I would I would be wasting this opportunity to make myself live the best life that I possibly can even without my daughter and it really opened my eyes to how I was living my life prior even after my son and being happily married I I took on a lot of outside world things and didn't really ever trust myself didn't ever feel good enough or or worthy um didn't externally i mean as a dance teacher as a dancer a lot of emphasis is on your outside appearance if you're not tall enough skinny enough so i carried the weight of that for a very very long time and after her well even after her diagnosis that's when it started to like shift and click. Like I have this daughter who, you know, this chromosomal disorder could, uh, you know, facially malformation brain doesn't split. I mean, there's tons of things. And it was like, for somebody who was so into their outside appearance to have a child who could possibly have external, you know, um, malformations. I mean, she was the most beautiful daughter, most beautiful girl I've ever seen, you know? So living the life I was living prior, there was no way I was not going to be changed by the gift of my daughter, Ari.
0: Mm -hmm. I love the the outlook and that piece that you bring to that. I mean, it's just, again, that, that power that you have. And I know, Lisa, that we talked really quickly. You mentioned it and you just said, obviously, nobody grieves the same and everybody grieves differently. When you speak with bereaved moms, with bereaved and as as having a family, how do you bridge that gap? How do you help others in that space?
1: Well, it really, I think, comes down to telling everyone that in the beginning, you know, like you you have a support a supportive community but no one can take that steering wheel but you you know and there's a lot of similarities there's a lot of um universal similarities of different aspects of grief i don't believe in the stages of grief but i do think you know everybody hits the the confusion part and the acceptance part and just you know at different times um But just knowing that you're never alone because probably something that you've experienced someone else has experienced just maybe not to that intensity or in the time frame that you did Um, and just knowing that someone is there to hold your hand while you're going through it um, is probably one of the more important things to to tell someone that it's a beautiful responsibility to choose who you let into your grief journey, who you choose to be a part of such a vulnerable and precious and personal space. Um, And no is a complete sentence, you know. (laughs) So not giving into I should be doing this, I should feel this way, I should, you know, all the shoulds that society kind of puts on, puts on us, and you know, just trying to be a stronger individual. I mean, really work on like the mindset aspect of of the the parents that I work with, um, and just really taking this as an opportunity to get to know yourself better and to speak your truth. No longer putting on a mask, no longer you know, trying to pretend that you're okay. And stuffing things down because we know, you know, suppressing emotions just ends up manifesting into even more, more issues, more, more problems to then have to deal with too. So I think just, just being really honest and saying, yeah, nobody grieves the same. So that is why this beautiful responsibility is yours to make this journey what you're going to make it. And there are people that can help you, but it's ultimately your choice.
0: Was it a struggle for you to reach out for help or to find somebody that could help you or others that could help you in that journey?
1: Um, I think for me personally, I I did reach out, um, but I found that there was a lack of like consistent and continuous support. There's free support out there. There is support groups for the most part, although now that I work with bereaved parents, I'm hearing kind of almost the opposite. but. Um, there are supports out there, but just not enough that, that take you somewhere. It's, it's wonderful to share your story, but a lot of the support groups continue to just have new people coming in, obviously, and sharing their story. And we have to share our story again. And then the next meeting, everybody shares their story again, and it just keeps looping like that. And I find it that, you know, a lot of support groups that we were a part of, um, didn't have a facilitator that was saying, okay, now what can we do with this? Um, it was more just like everybody getting to know one another. And that's beautiful in its own respect, but I wanted to get better. I wanted to know what I was navigating. I wanted to have actual tangible things, tangible steps that would help me um, understand what we were going through. Um, and it's lifelong because your love for them is lifelong your grief lasts your entire life. And in the beginning, I wanted to run from it because I just thought like, okay, <laughs> this is too scary. But um, ultimately, knowing that my grief exists because my love did first is um, why it's there, right? And it's a gift. Our grief is actually a gift because it is a connection piece to to our child or to whomever has passed. Um, so yeah, I didn't think there was enough cons continuous and constructive supports. There are supports out there, but, um, and then insurance doesn't cover a lot of mental health. So I think a lot of people turn away from that because of the financial aspect, um, and talk therapy sometimes doesn't resonate. I mean, I'm, I'm a physical person, so I, I do like talking, but I really do like taking it out physically and getting it out of my body. Um, all that emotional energy has to have some sort of exit. So being a dance teacher, dancer, you know, movement was very, very important to our healing journey, both me and my husband.
0: It sounds like too, and what you explained, like it was almost just kind of the cycle, like every meeting and every group get together was just like, yeah. oh, it's like you're opening up a wound. Like it's always, always exposed, but it's just, yeah. like, here we go again. Like yeah. Yeah. from the top, from the yeah. beginning again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there days when you don't want like, that story is just, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to say it. I don't want to. Do
1: I think to that? certain, I think to certain people, <laughs> you know, I mean, right. Um, but no, I mean, I honestly, I love sharing Ari. I love sharing our story. Um, but yeah, to certain people, I mean, you have to you have to put up your boundaries. Who are you willing to share it with? Who are you willing to let in? Um, So I I think it's a, an awareness, you know, of of who you want to let in and who you want to share with. But I, I would probably say almost 99% of the time I will share.
0: Well, because I think, you know, how deeply people need to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Very aware
1: Mm -hmm.
0: in that space. Yeah. What is walking through that process like with a family? You had a son. Your son was six, five. Six? He was
1: four at the time. Four. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm like trying to do like quick math. <laughs> <laughs> it was not gonna. It was not. Gonna. <laughs> In that, like, is how do you show up for other people when you so badly are struggling
1: yourself? Well, I think you have to be. First, you have to put yourself first, you know, and it's not selfish it's self preservation it's it's making sure that you are taking care of you in order to then be able to show up for other family members um, especially husband and other children right um, I would say extended family and friends um, we we have to come first. <laughs> And I even experienced in our grief journey almost feeling like I was consoling other people (laughs) over our loss. Um, And I know that's just because grief is not studied by many people until something happens to them or that's their career path. Um, So it's very uncomfortable for many people to talk about death, especially, I think, death of a child. Um, So people are very awkward <laughs> in their in their um, approach to just saying anything. And a lot of times there's avoidance which leaves grievers feeling like something's wrong with them. Um, so it's better to, at least I think it's better to say something and say, I don't know what to say, but I love you. You know, just being very honest. Um, so taking care of yourself, putting yourself first before you're able to then help like your other surviving children and your husband and your marriage, you know, um, I'm not sure if that's who you were talking about or if you we were talking about no. the women and that I help. Okay. I think that, <laughs>
0: that about it. No, I think that was the most perfect answer. I mean, that was your real answer. So that's yeah. what I was, <laughs> and really, truly, do you feel that that's one of the biggest, obstacles or one of the first things
1: you tackle with
0: the families that you work with it is that you work with
1: not yeah it definitely is because everybody feels guilty or not worthy of putting themselves first because as women especially I think as women and then bereaved moms we have that guilt of like I was supposed to save my child I, I mean their parent I was supposed to save them and I couldn't and so there's that guilt there's that shame that keeps replaying in our heads um which you know that cycle can be broken but it's really hard to unless you have someone holding a mirror up and going look you are worthy you are here for a reason you can honor your child by taking this step and investing and in getting to know what you are going through Um, And taking the time to listen to podcasts and read books and get in some, even if it's five, 10, 15 minutes here and there of just like enjoying your cup of coffee or your hot shower and not thinking of anything else or replaying the, you know, to-do list over and over in your head. Like you come first, you will be so surprised at how much more you can show up for the rest of your family.
0: It stuck with me, too, of how you said, obviously, this is something that never leaves. Like, this will be a grief. Your love came first. Like, your love will always be there. Your grief will always be there. I'm interested to know, in the in the families and the bereaved moms that you work with, do you have, do you work with them at all different stages, all different lengths of time that they've been in that grieving world?
1: Yes, I had a mom who had a stillborn and she joined um, our group coaching support calls and online course about two weeks after her loss. And then I also had a mom who had been grieving for 25 years and had Mm -hmm. suppressed everything. And only her mom and her husband at the time had known. Um, None of her other children that she went on to have after knew But then she finally opened up and said, Hey, you have had an older brother. Um, So it just, it depends on, you know, when, when you're feeling ready, you know, and like grief is different for everyone. You're going to feel that uncomfortable push, but yet to the point where you're not so uncomfortable that it's a definite no, you know? Um, And I always do like a connection call. I like to call them um, with every single person that enters my course or the group support coaching calls. Cause I want to make sure that I can actually help them and they're not having a severe, you know, PTSD or um, you know, chronic, chronic grief. Um, and that is something that I can actually like that I can help them with. And they don't need somebody um, clinically um, certified in, you know, Let's say a um, psychologist or psychiatrist um, to help them. So I just think that onboarding that um, connection call is super important to make sure that this is this is something that they could be doing at this point in their journey.
0: And that speaks values to how wonderful of a coach and a mentor and a guy and just assistance a guide you are to those people to say like. Yes, this is something, or no, let's circle back when you've been addressed with something that is a little bit, not more pressing, it's all the same, but is in the forefront right now. Right,
1: right. So
0: important. And I can't imagine, you know, I just my heart breaks hearing about, you know, a mom who grieved for 25 years, and I can't Mm -hmm. imagine the the weight, the energetic (laughs) weight of just
1: carrying that. Yeah. She actually lost 20 pounds, too, after the course. I'm, I'm not surprised. Like, I'm, I'm
0: not for a second yeah. surprised.
1: Yeah, just all. because of putting herself first and then that physical weight of, you know, how much your your emotional energy affects your physical energy, right? And, yeah, the heaviness of it all literally came off. And just that, that timeline, too, of...
0: You know, other people, I think maybe that's, you know, I see people, again, I've experienced my parents in the very different way that they have grieved and continue to grieve. And it's just, it's, I think for so many, you think I need, okay, like it's been so long, like now I need to be in a different space or I need to feel differently about it because the rest of the outside world, like their life keeps ticking away like, yes, they pause with you and they're there for you, but then eventually right. you're kind of in the same space and everybody else is still f- is flowing in their own mm-hmm. path. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Oh my, I just, can And that's remember. why doing the grief work is so important, you know, because if you, people do go on with their lives, right. And that your grief is not their top priority any longer and maybe it never was right and we would just like to assume that it was and you know putting unrealistic expectations on others to do the grief work for us is it is unrealistic right like i said we're the only one responsible for this journey because it's ours and it's a privilege to be ours we didn't want it but now that we have it it is a beautiful privilege to be the keeper of it because that it, our child existed, and to share that with
0: people that truly understand that,
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: truly get that. Because right. I think for anybody, you have different levels of support and different people that are there for different reasons in your life. But unless somebody gets really gets it, it's it's just not the same connection. It's not the same to me it's not the same ability yeah. to meet somebody there yeah that relatability factor mm-hmm. is huge it's a comfort
1: level too
0: and like you said almost to take the the stigma of this isn't normal or I shouldn't be this way or I should be this way or oh. all of the shoulds right
1: right absolutely
0: what are some of it can you tie, tell us just a little bit what what does your program look
1: like how what is your course what is your coaching sure um well it's called the 413 movement method um i started what was better not bitter mom and then i changed my my um business name to grieve breathe believe um and came up with this online course because i felt for me at least personally just doing talk therapy wasn't helping um or talking it out wasn't helping. It was the mental health with the movement piece, um, and just really getting to know myself, um, because there's so much healing power within your, your own body, within your own self. Um, so I knew kind of marrying the overall wellness together pieces, like the physical, the mental, the spiritual, the emotional, and coming up with something that um, that would tie them all together would probably be more beneficial than just doing one thing here and one thing there. Mm-hmm. And finding that there was a lack of consistent and continuous, you know, supports, um, I kind of wanted to be that hub. I kind of wanted to be that that place where people didn't have to like Google search everything <laughs> and um didn't have to feel alone in it. So it's called the 413 movement method. 413 is Ari's birth and death date. Um and it's also my favorite Bible verse. Um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's tattooed on my back, um, and it was actually my favorite Bible verse before Ari I was, was even say before in the picture. Or, <laughs> it was yeah. before she was even born. Um, and it's four pillars of focus with um, for 13 weeks, and the four pillars of focus. We do content which is all grief-based, um, just because I think knowledge is power and really understanding what you're navigating um is is important um, and then the second pillar is coaching so i have um different breath work um guided meditations in there um, i have videos of expressive movement hit workouts um to try to get even more you know blood flowing and heart rate increase um I have like a workout tracker because obviously physical health plays an important role in your healing journey, a water tracker, like all sorts of just different physical aspects of, of healing. Um, and then the third pillar is community. So whether you're in the group support coaching calls or not, there is a private Facebook group for those involved in the course so they can kind of have 24-7 access to one another, ask questions, troubleshoot things, whether it's in the course or not, you know, just life in general, like, has anyone else experienced this? And then people will obviously comment and respond. Um, And then the fourth pillar is continuing connection with your child. So we come up with ways of continuing bonds, um, linking objects, you know, different rituals that you can do to include them in your everyday life. Um, So it's just kind of working on mind, body, and spirit um, with the different wellness areas. The
0: comprehensiveness of that is amazing. (laughs) Amazing. And for you to even think of the details of, let's get you a fitness tracker, let's get you a water tracker, like things that you wouldn't even be on the radar. But as you, I mean, as you said so beautifully, you have to take care of yourself. And there are simple, simple, not necessarily easy, but yeah. basic things that if you're not doing, you just can't show up. Right, for sure, for oh. sure. Right. <laughs> and and it, it, it's, I love the hub. Like you explained it perfectly of like, it is a hub. You're not going to this space on one night a week, and then this space in here and there and everywhere in between. It's just your place, your anchor. Yeah.
1: And the more that our community grows, the more beautiful humans are showing up for our community and willing to share their healing modalities and talents. Um, I was able to meet um, a grief artist who um, was part of my virtual bereaved Mother's Day conference that I had back in May. And she's now um, in the course with a couple of videos um, of, I mean, it's crazy what she does. I just love, I love her work and she's just the biggest sweetheart. Um, and then I also have like a healing sound bath um, person now. And it's just, you know, a, a, jur- a, a woman who wrote a book and talks about journaling. Um, so just people are kind of now starting to come together because I just think one healing modality won't work for everybody. So to have a wide variety of it, is so important because there isn't the one size fits all solution to anything. And it really, really is no solution to grief. There's just navigating through. Um, so I just, I just love that this this community is starting to grow and expand in ways that I could never have thought, you know, or never have imagined, but people are opening their hearts and, and um, just stepping, stepping, stepping up to the plate and helping helping this community. So it's beautiful.
0: Well, and you know, Lisa, that you lead them to open up no. their hearts. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> thank you, you. you. You won't say that, but there's <laughs> a reason why all of those people are. feel safe to do so. There's a reason yeah. why they're all interconnected, and and, and and it is. It's a sacred space to for you to hold space for others to to share and feel empowered enough to want to help others. Is yeah. it's, just a, it's a amazing gift that you share with the world thank you so much that's so sweet yeah. um, where where can people find you if they want to know more if they themselves are struggling with grief or know somebody in their life that would benefit from that
1: um my website is grieve breathe believe.com um otherwise i'm on instagram same handle grieve breathe believe Um, on Facebook, Grieve, Breathe, Believe. Um, I have a private support group um, on Facebook. So if you search Grieve, Breathe, Believe, Grief Support for Bereaved Parents, you can find me there. Um, You can email me. Um, My old email is lisa at betternotbettermom.com. I have free resources on my website for both bereaved parents, but also supporters. And I also have two separate email lists that go out um for those supporting bereaved parents and then bereaved parents themselves. Um, I have an ebook up there too that is geared towards supporters um, so that they can understand kind of what their role um, is in a bereaved parents grief journey um, and kind of pairing it up with your personality and your attributes um, so that you're actually serving their needs and you're feeling good about it and you're not just kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. Um, And if you are looking to support a bereaved parent, um, instead of flowers and lasagna, uh, we have the Mm -hmm. option of purchasing the course, the online course for them, or any dollar amount, really, um, and kind of scholarship them into the program to help them out financially to make it something that is feasible for them.
0: A gift that serves a much a needed purpose, purpose than <laughs> a very well intended. And like yes. you said, so for somebody who doesn't know, you, you don't know, you yeah. do. And that yeah. it has its meaning. But right. and what, what a, I don't like non-purposeful gifts in just everyday life. So yeah. when yeah. it really comes down, that's, that's an amazing opportunity to give to yeah. others. Yeah. I always end Lisa with a couple questions. And um, the first question is, what would you say is your super weapon?
1: Hmm, My super weapon. I would say that I am very approachable. <laughs> I feel like um, anybody can come talk to me. Um, I'm very open to... Educating myself and new opportunities, and just being aware that I am not the only human in the world, and there are so many beautiful souls living on this planet. Um, so, I would just think that I think it's, <laughs> I think I'm an open, like, <laughs> open door. <laughs> you are, again, we already said that's so why everyone comes <laughs> to you. <No. laughs> um,
0: <so> sweet. <laughs>
1: and what does being fierce mean to you? I would think fierce means being gritty, (laughs) Um, seeing that every challenge and adversity when you get gritty to expand your capacity um, shows toughness, shows you're not giving up, shows that you've got this one life to live and you're going to live it to the fullest. Um, And the only way we can really do that is by challenging ourselves. We grow probably more in challenge than we do from complacency and things being easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I like that one. And this isn't a typical end question, but I think, um, it would just be in poor taste of mine for me not to ask you if there is somebody that is out there that is listening right now that is in it, um, that is struggling, that is maybe 25 years in it and is still struggling. What would you say? A lot, I know, but.
1: Well, I would say um, there is light, there is hope. Um, you might not be able to see it but feel it feel it and know that there is there is so much more for you than what you're allowing in right now and to just trust trust the process
0: hmm like tearing up as her son is actually like creeping in the room and hugging her <laughs> I wish all of you like the video of all of that like happening in real time because that was... <laughs> like a very divine moment of time so <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was perfect um, but thank you again so much Lisa for
1: oh this is my pleasure. Truly a gift, Megan.
0: For what you give to others and for how you shine Ari's light so beautifully with the world. So thank
1: you. I so appreciate this. Thank you. Again, speaking of her, you know, is a gift. So um, a gift to me. So thank you.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Fit and Fears podcast. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and download so you never miss an episode and drop me a rating and review. It's the best way to support the show and to keep more episodes coming your way. See you next time.